We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter. New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always my co-host, Nick Bellato. Fortunately, we're coming to you tonight after another disappointing Giants loss. This is now back-to-back weeks with garbage time for the Giants. It's been the first two weeks of garbage time all season. So I guess that's, I guess, you know, the reprieve of it all, like, it took till week 11, 12 to get into garbage time games. We thought this team might be, at least for the season, a lot of people thought this team would be a 4-5 win team dealing with a lot of garbage time games. And we've had some stat padding in garbage time. Daniel Jones got a touchdown last week to Richie James in garbage time. Daniel Jones gets another touchdown this week to Richie James in garbage time. We'll run through those plays and eventually when we do the film because I i don't feel like breaking those down, those garbage time plays. But, man, it's just it's disappointing because it looked like a game in the first half. I mean, they went into half up 13-7, but the problem with that whole idea was that they won the turnover battle 3-0 in the first half and still just had a six-point lead. That's not a recipe for winning football games, right? Like, you can call it 2-0 turnovers because they had two interceptions, but they also got a fourth down stop in Cowboys territory. That's a turnover. That's a turnover on downs, a turnover. Um, horrific call by Mike McCarthy. Like, I think they could have called any other play in their Kellen Moore, whoever you want to say. I think they could have called any other play in their playbook and it would have worked against this Giants defense today. Like run to the perimeter. It works. Throw anything. It works. But he can't run up the middle on the Giants defense. But that was about the only strength of the defense today. Run up the middle and cave on Thibodeau. So, you know, let's start with a little bit of a silver lining. Why not? Because we can get into all the doom and gloom and the bad stuff after. But excellent performance today by cave on Thibodeau. I want to pull up the stat now. Stat from Jim Aiello, who says Kayvon Thibodeau played 21 pass rush snaps and generated pressure on 38.1% of them. Among players with 20 plus pass rush snaps in a game, this was the third best performance of the year. And it was obvious, I thought, watching the game. Kayvon Thibodeau was all over the place. He was held a few more times that wasn't called. He got pressures a ton and had a really great game. He showed up in a big game on Thanksgiving night. Unfortunately, you know, he was one of the few Giants players who had great games in this one. Darius Slayton, amazing first half. Didn't even get touched the ball in the second half, it felt like. Like, what happened there? Um, man, I don't know. This is it's it's tough to feel too confident about this Giants team right now with the injuries, but 
ultimately we have to figure this thing out. Like they have to figure out a better way to move this offense. And more importantly for me right now, Nick, I'm, I'm even more concerned with the defense because today you look at this roster. I think there were six of 11 players on the field at once on the Giants defense who would not start on another team. Jalen Smith might play a little bit in sub packages on another team. McFadden wouldn't play on another team. I don't even know if like Jihad Ward on the other edge is playing on another team, to be honest with you. Those corners are not playing on another team. Love is the only one. So it's just a bad looking roster right now on the defensive side of the ball. They need to get their guys back ASAP, Aziz, McKinney. But despite that, yeah. like we said to open the show, the Giants had the three turnovers in the first half and went into halftime with just a six point lead. You force that turnover on down, you only get a field goal on that, right? The first interception, great play by Rodarius Williams, a player who tore his ACL last year. This is essentially his rookie season. Great job taking advantage of a miscommunication between Dallas's quarterback and Dallas's wide receiver. Yet the Giants do what? They go three and out. And on the third and four, Daniel Jones can't connect on a simple out route to Richie James. Like situations like that are reasons why the New York Giants aren't winning because this defense was overachieving like crazy in the first half and the offense could not take advantage of it consistently enough. They were able to turn these interceptions into anything more than and these and that turnover on downs and anything more than six points. There could have been more momentum for this team heading into halftime and coming out of halftime. But just like last week, Dan, what did this team do coming out of halftime? The opposing team received the football and they drove right down the New York Giants throw 14 play 75 yard drive. We can get into the offici officiating on Darnay Holmes on that third and seven. I feel like that was an egregious call, but they were still third and 12 where the Cowboys were able to convert. There were still plays where the Giants weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And the Dallas Cowboys were able to convert on these third and long types of situations. I didn't feel like the third down defense was all that great in this game in some key spots. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you went into that 13-7. You got the three turnovers. You didn't turn over the ball once. That's bad. But you look at the end and you look at the second half and you're like, okay, well, on one hand, there were, so, there were some, like, egregious calls. But honestly, I didn't feel like that told the story of this game. There were egregious calls on the other side. Giants got a little lucky with a couple calls, too. Probably a few more for Dallas, I would say. So the Giants got definitely the bad end of the stick there. Like, they probably got some calls more against them. Not too much, though. Like, they lost this game because they were – that they were outmatched from a talent standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. Like Dallas went on an eight minute drive, the first drive, and then they just milked another drive. The second one, they were, they couldn't get off the field on third and longs. Like they gave up. I forgot this. I, I, I had this stat. I'm going to try to get it back up. They gave up at least two third and 11s. Like you talked about, which are just devastating downs, tons of third and longs here. And it just felt like, and I'm curious to get your take on this. Like they kept blitzing on these third downs and not getting home. There was like delayed blitzes, deep blitzes from the second and third level. Like that just weren't even coming close against a quarterback like Dak. Dak's not going to, that's not going to work against Dak Prescott. Like he's one of the better processing quarterbacks. That's one of his best traits, like getting rid of the ball because he knows and sees the field. And then it's like, you're relying on man with these guys like McLeod and stuff. And it's like, how does that work? But then on the flip side, it's like, well, can you even trust these guys to play pattern match or any kind of zone coverage type like concepts when you're just like random dudes, you're just throwing in there in the middle of the season. So I don't even know if you could trust that. Maybe that you think that's why they played so much man and blitz so much. 
I think it was their only way that they had faith that they could do anything. And it worked a little bit in the first half, right, Dan? Yeah, there were some times where they got the Dallas Cowboys offense off the field because they brought the pressure. And Dak Prescott overthrew CeeDee Lamb over the middle of the field on the one third and eight. And we're like, okay, there we are. You know, pressure breaks pipes. Let's dictate to the Cowboys offense. But you can't consistently do that. And there did become a time in the game, specifically in the third quarter, where you're like, the Giants need to try something different with C.D. Lamb on these third down situations. You can't just keep trotting Darnay Holmes out there like that. And I know those right. two calls against Darnay Holmes were phantom, in my opinion, or just very ticky tacky. Probably shouldn't have been called. Then there was the one where C.D. Lamb made an incredible catch, like almost David Tyree light on his helmet near the sideline, which he caught, but was still flagged. That one was a DPI or a holding on Darnay Holmes. At that point, you can't just keep trotting Holmes out there. But Wink Martindale did. One side of it is, look, what else is he going to do? His entire secondary is hurt. Cordell Flott is out with a concussion. Who are you going to put out there? But then there's another. like, can you do anything differently? Because now you're just putting Darnay Holmes in a situation where he's going to fail. I don't know exactly what you can do, but trotting out man coverage, going cover zero consistently right. wasn't at that point of the game. Yeah, I just it wasn't getting home and they were just, it's not going to work often. It did work a little in the first half and they got some huge turnovers, which they weren't able to do anything with. Um, so let's get to the next part of this. The offense. A lot of talk about Saquon Barkley having not been the same since the shoulder injury, but obviously there's no kind of like there's no way to confirm that if that's true or if that has any basis, just kind of like something that started online and people kind of noticed since then the trend, the stats have trended down. I don't know if it's a shoulder injury, dude, but he's just not like he is not an X factor right now for the Giants. He was an X factor early in the season. He's not an X factor right now. He drops the the key. Th the what was that? The fourth and one the, that could have changed the game because it was an amazing call by Mike Kafka. Everybody's crapping on Mike Kafka. Look, I don't love the second and ten run calls. I wish he wouldn't do that. But I understand when pass he, too a little bit later in the game that led to the sack like against Andrew Thomas. Yeah, who actually gave up two sacks in this game, which is unheard of for Andrew Thomas. And he maybe this will be the week he doesn't win best player on offense. I have no idea who would win it otherwise. Slayton, <laughs> Slayton. But then you know, he played a he like had made an impact on one half of the game. It's just like crazy. Yeah. They didn't. How do you not go? How do you not go back to? How do you not come up with stuff for Slayton in the second half of this game after what he puts on film or what he shows you in the first half? Like. I don't get that at all, but you know, some of these, you know, second and 10 runs, the play action, like you talked about, there are some gripes I have with Kafka, but then he comes out and designs a pitcher perfect call on that fourth and one. If Jones hits, if Jones leads Barkley there and throws it and I understand there's somebody in his passing lane, giants at 10 men on the field, but dude, he doesn't change his arm slots ever. This is not a quarterback who changes his arm angles. He's an over the top thrower. That's it. He has to be able to, so if he had the ability to change his arm slot and give you some kind of three, four throw and get it into a spot around, don't just throw it at the, the back, throw it in front of him so he can run through it. He could catch and turn that upfield. So it's on the drop because it hits you in the hand as you're turning this way, Saquon Barkley. You have to turn your whole body, though, back to the thing, and it hits you in two hands. So, okay, catch the ball. But even he catches, then he falls. If you throw it in front of the dude, who knows? It's maybe a touchdown. They had already had the safety commit on a different route on the inside. He catches that. He turns the field touchdown. Whole game's different. It could be. Now, I don't know if they still would have won the game because the defense was just just, just destroyed at that point. Like, I just felt like the defense was not making any stops at that point. But at least give them a chance to win the game. And so I don't really just fully blame that on Barkley. I know everybody always blame Anytime a person touches the ball, it's always the receiver or the running back. Well, the ball's behind him. He's to turn his body fully back to it, throw that shit in front of him, but he can't because he's not good at changing his arm slot and changing his trajectory on throws. Has to be an over-the-top throw. There's somebody in the passing lane. So 
whatever it is, the play isn't made, right? Like Barkley, Jones, these are the guys who people want to give 30 million to and 20 million to against the cap AAV next year. Okay, well, then they got to make big plays. Like, I don't care if the, all these other dudes are injured, fine, but like make big plays. And the, we didn't get that's big more on, plays today. Yeah, yeah that's more ahead. on Jones. That's more on Jones, that fourth and one play. It is. Look, Saquon Barkley should have caught it. We've watched enough Saquon Barkley to know that he, he isn't an Alvin Kamara. He's not even a Dalvin Cook as a receiver. Like he can if if you hit him in all situations are perfect. But when has Saquon Barkley made a contested catch or or something of that nature? It does not happen. I remember one. It doesn't happen often. He's not a natural receiver, but he's so dynamic with the football in his hands that if you just get him the football in space, he can make things happen because he's that special. But you can't give him an off-target pass and expect him to catch it consistently. And he didn't. He dropped that. He should have caught it. But ball placement was still really bad there, and it was not yep. optimally put. And if I, you had to assign blame, I know football's collective, but if you had to assign blame to somebody, it's Daniel Jones. And in general, in this game, the ball placement was a little off from Jones. You talked about the Richie James throw earlier. There was a few others that just weren't there. Those not two many, were the egregious ones, though. Those were the two egregious ones. Just not many plays in general from him or Barkley today. That's the thing. Like You want to pay these guys and commit our future to these dudes and say, look, we had a good year. We started seven and two. We got to continue to build this thing out. Well, where's the, I'm just like, and I'm okay with that. Like there may be no better options, whatever. We don't want to start over. We don't want to do this continuous rebuild. Maybe it's our best option. I'll tackle it in the off season. I'm not ready to, to talk one way or the other on that. I'm really not. I'm like so up in the air, but that's what it is, man. Like you, you, if they sign Barkley and Jones and they give Jones the money, people think that he could make like 25, 30 million AAV. And then Barkley's going 19 or 18 AAV. That's all your cap space, baby. You sign Thomas. You need some money for Thomas. You need money for Dex. You're done. It's over with like no teams get away with giving 19 million to the running back. It doesn't really work. The Browns are doing something close. The Niners are doing it now, but they're going to, you know, they, they, don't have to all like Jimmy G's contract is coming up after this year. They're not going to continue to hold on to that deal. They're going to move on from that. And so I don't know. And like Derek Henry, the Titans, but they're in cap hell. They have the Tannehill Henry making that amount and they're in cap hell. I don't know, man. It's just like these guys have to make plays. I know there's all these injuries around them. I get it, dude. I understand the injuries, but I'll tell you what, dude, Jack Anderson, like they didn't, he didn't play that bad. Nick Gates, I thought was an upgraded center. We'll have to see the film to know, but like, I didn't feel like this was a game where the offensive line was devastated. I've seen so many games, Nick, over the last decade where against the Cowboys, especially there's been like multiple night games against the Cowboys where the offensive line was so bad that you couldn't even drop back. When you drop back, there was pressure immediately. Every play was blown up. This was not an every play blown up type of game. This wasn't even close to an every play blown up type of game. And yet still no plays by the, by the quarter, by the passing game, really besides the good play by Slayton, which is just, it's fine. I'm happy Jones is taking chances like that. But that's not like a good throw. No, we can't sit here and call that a good throw. Can we like, it's fine. He puts it up in a spot where the receiver can make a catch and he makes an amazing 50, 50 catch. Then there's no other passing offense really to be seen the rest of the game except for the callback touchdown and Barkley, nothing in the run game, nothing at all from an explosive play standpoint. He doesn't even look explosive out there right now. So it's a rough game for me, man. I, I don't know. This is a rough game. <laughs> Down three offensive linemen too. That's the incredible part about the and fact that pretty well, the O-line. Yeah. They only gave up three sacks, right? And one of them was early, but I also appreciated how Mike Kafka came out with a pass heavy approach and it was the play action. You just slid cager out. And that was like, what a 23 yard game to start. Like get your confidence up. I felt like that was great. Next play, play action boot, get the football into Saquon Barkley's hands in space. Barkley 
did his thing. And, and then that started the drive off. Well, it ended up bogging down. It was only four plays and the, in the giants just ended up not picking up a uh, third and eight, which is a tough situation to be in against the Dallas Cowboys. But I do think one of the pivotal drives in this game was when the score was 14, 13, the giants ended up turning the fo football over on downs. Like we've been talking about, but even before the fourth and one play, you had a third and sixth play set up where Daniel Jones found Saquon Barkley. When Saquon Barkley caught the football over the middle of the field, I was like, nice, first down. And Saquon Barkley, like Leighton Vander Esch, just made a great play on the football and tackled them right before the sticks. That should have never not gone for a first down. It was an amazing play call by Kafka, middle screen. It was open. Saquon took a pitter-patter left, a pitter-patter right, not decisive, didn't get vertical, and that's the reason Vander Esch was making that play. If you catch that ball and just slam into the fucking ground vertically and get like, it's just, I'm just so frustrated, man. They're, that's a great example of a play. They wasted, like they left the fourth and one on the field. You talked about earlier. And then they left that on the field, get vertical, dude. It was a good play call against that specific blitz, get vertical, get up field, stop dancing around there. And we'll see it on the film. Maybe he wasn't, yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard to know from just the broadcast, but it was a very frustrating game to watch. They didn't have many possessions because the defense just couldn't stop. The Dallas Cowboys had like a 14-play touchdown drive to start the second half. 14 plays in like seven and a half minutes, man. That demoralizing type of stuff, especially when you don't have an offense that can ever make quick strikes. We had a quick strike in this game, which is like, what? How many? Can we even count on our hands how many quick strike plays we've had? We had that Slayton ball. What else? Well, in this game specifically, we had a couple 20 plus yard gains. We had the no, one I mean Christmas like 45, 45 or more. Oh, that's not our offense. That's not this offense. I know, but that right. It's not our offense. But then when you give up a 14 play drive on defense that, that slams eight minutes off the clock and seven points, and then you come back and try to run the ball a bunch, like it's tough, man. Like, we can't strike quick. So then what do we like? It's just a bad recipe to me right now, at least as far as like ceiling goes, this recipe, it's tough. Oh, it's been tough. Yeah, the ceiling yeah, tough. of this Giants offense is always going was always going to be an issue if Saquon Barkley and the offensive line weren't playing at an elite level. That was kind of the the hesitance that we all had about the about how yeah. sustainable the Giants are, right? That, that was the big discussion after week five. Like, oh, how sustainable are the New York Giants? And these are the reasons why we were, I don't want to say pessimistic, but we're just like, hey, look, some games could get rough down the stretch if the script that the New York Giants have followed throughout the first half of the season if it doesn't come to fruition throughout that game, right? Because in this, the script looked like it was coming out. The defense was opportunistic. Right. They were taking advantage of Dallas mistakes, but the offense didn't have the firepower to actually make them pay off those mistakes. The game was kept close, like you said, 13 to 7 going into halftime. And then the first three drives of the Dallas of Dallas coming out of halftime resulted in 21 points. They scored right. touchdowns. The 14 play 75, and then you have a six play 44, and then a 10 play 80. And at that point, it's just like right. flat. Like the sideline must have been dead. Like I was like, this game's over. Like there's no way this Giants team's going to come back with the personnel they have. Right. And they got a garbage time touchdown, whatever, like made the score look better. They got a backdoor cover. Dallas now has only covered in one of their last 11 Thanksgiving games for against the spread. Um, just, just a little betting note, I guess. Some people were happy about that. I don't know, though, man. Like that. Everybody in my house, like I was watching with my family, I posted a video after the touchdown that got called back. That sucked. I mean, Terry Phillips was like two yards down the field. I just don't like why was he even down the field? I guess he thought it was going to be a quick hit or that he needed a block for. But like, it's just like it's it's the flip after the first half. Like I, at first half, I guess I felt like maybe they could grind a win out. They're up 13-7, but like that wasn't really a good recipe. They had three turnovers and a half. They were never going to go finish this game with six turnovers versus their zero that was never going to happen so 
it, it's, it's a rough spot to be in right now. I don't personally blame Wink Martindale too much because I don't know if he trusts this defense in any kind of like zone or any kind of like interesting pattern. Like he's got random dudes playing defensive back right now. His linebackers are atrocious, really, to be completely honest. Like, I don't know if it was they were as bad this week. We'll have to see the film. It seemed like they had some good moments in the run game at times, but they don't offer yeah. anything in the pass game. These guys, they don't offer. Any, there's never a play to be made in a pass lane by any of them. Dude, can we remember one play any of these guys made in a pass lane? No, I, I, I'm starting to laugh right now because I said a, a comment a couple weeks ago about how Jalen Smith looks like he drank like a bunch of monsters and Red Bull when he's out there because he's so jittery and he's jumping around all the time. But you know what it actually reminds me of? Remember when Michael Scott walked on the bed of hot rocks or yeah. didn't walk on the bed of hot rocks, but Pam walked on it? It kind of right. reminds me of like he's walking on a bed of hot rocks all over the place because he's always his feet are just jumping up and down all the time. He's never set. Seems very indecisive, but honestly, I'm not even sure how bad he played him in this game. He had a couple plays. I think there was one where Tony Pollard yeah. had the edge, and I thought it was going to go for a long one, and he sifted through the traffic and made the tackle at the near hip, and I was like, that was really impressive. So we'll have to wait and see, but all in all, if you look at this defense, it needs upgrades everywhere other than defensive line. Like if Aziz Ojolari is out there, so set, like all the Giants fans on Twitter are so set that we need to draft a receiver in round one. We have to draft the receiver in round two. It's like everyone forgot about the Jerry Reese era, right? Everyone is just like, put it past them. And I'm not falling for that trap again. That My dad made the greatest comment years ago, that Beckham draft. He made the greatest comment. He was pissed at the Beckham pick. I love Beckham. I thought he was the best. I was like early in my starting to scout days or like starting to do this type of days. I was, and I love this film. I thought he was going to be the best receiver in that class, which I was kind of right about before the injuries. And so I would love the pick. My dad's like, I'm telling you, man, it had to be Martin or it had to be Donald. You'll see you win in the trenches. And then Reese fizzles out completely with all those receiver picks. Manningham, Randall, Jernigan, Sonoris Ramsey's Moss was the, Barton. Ramsey's Moss was the last GM. Travis yeah. Beckham, who essentially was a receiver. You just keep firing away at these guys who are on the outside. You can't win. You have to keep building the trenches out. And that's not even really necessarily what the Giants need on defense right now, to be honest. They just need second and third level defenders, to be honest. But this defense to me needs so much more work than the offense. I was team Ron Schneier, by the way. I was yeah, big Aaron was Donald and, and big Zach Martin. But in the what a receiver class that was, too, man. That, that was an excellent receiver. Yeah. Mike Evans, I mean, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, I think were in that. But that was yeah. a you know, that was a pretty studded uh, receiver class. But yeah, in this game, dude, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the clock management, specifically the end of the second half, man. I mean, I know yeah. the game is out of reach, ostensibly, but at the same time, they seem to just bleed the clock. And even like Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart were like, yo, what the hell are they doing? And I was sitting there like, yo, what the heck are they doing? And to me, it kind of says, do they just not have any faith in this offense to run any sort of up-tempo while with a passing attack with Micah Parsons on the other side of the field? That's the, that's the feel I got because, you know, even on that big sack, which was during that period where it just felt like every single play, the play clock was bleeding down between 10 and 12 seconds. Now this is a 40 second play clock. You're down two scores. There's eight minutes left to start that drive. You cannot let any play clock go below 25 at most. And they're taking it all the way down to 11 or 12. They have, the, like you said, the play action sack, like from under center, which is absurd. And I just feel like then a couple plays later, Nick, I don't know if you remember this or if you noticed this too, or if you thought about this when this happened, maybe it was just me. They did go to the gun. They did go to like, all right, all right, well, now we got to pass. And this was before the sack and immediately pressure and Jones threw it like at the feet of a receiver. And it was just like a totally gross looking dead play. And so I just feel like right now they just like, it's bad news, dude. It, does, it feels like they don't trust this offense at all to operate a, a long standing drop back pass game. 
um, and against any kind of good defense. Like they they had to go to it against the Lions, and they did some decent things in the pass game. But remember, it's the thirty first ranked pass defense. The Lions that was a bad <laughs> pass defense. So you know now it's like you face the Cowboys, and and there's just nothing they can do. But I agree, the clock management was bad at the end of the second half. They were bleeding clock down two scores, and the end of the first half it was bad too, dude. You got to take that time out with forty whatever seconds left. You don't yes. burn an another 20 seconds like what are you doing they got the field goal anyway because Gano ripped a 57 yarder which is not common or shouldn't be expected from kickers but you don't want to put your team in a position to have to kick a 57 yard field goal when you literally don't have to if you just manage the clock better they had two timeouts take a timeout and that's been an issue all season for Daves the 57 yarder was the other one he'd kicked the 47 oh, yarder but even still a 47 yarder yeah. is still a far field goal it ended up working out because they got a big play after the time yeah Yes. Yeah. It was just from a clock management standpoint, I, I had some question marks, but it's, a, I know it's a difficult spot for the New York giants to find themselves in from a personnel standpoint, short week right. traveling to Dallas, Dallas of course seems pretty healthy to me. So all in all, it kind of sucked from that vantage point, but the giants were in striking distance. I didn't even expect that. Like I didn't expect them to keep it that close. I didn't expect the New York Giants defense to come up with turnovers on Dak Prescott. And the fact that the New York Giants just couldn't take full advantage of all of those mistakes. Dallas was penalized like 13 times in this game. And a lot of them were just dumb pre-snap penalties, false right. start, things like that, you know? And to not take full advantage when, when you have the Dallas Cowboys finding themselves in like second and 25s and second and 30s, and somehow they're able to get like 11 yards and then a first down, like, what are you going to do at that point? And who are you going to even blame? Because Wink Martindale, yeah, I feel like you can try to do something different, but like you said, and I think you're right here, how much of an understanding do these back-end roster guys have of these more complex pattern match and zone type of principles? Man-to-man, when we heard this from so many guys that we've had on the podcast, is the most simple coverage type. Now, the Giants seem to run a lot of cover zero. We'll wait to see what the stats say. It seemed to me like they didn't have a lot of safety help. Maybe you could say blitzing isn't the best idea. Maybe try to double cover or shadow or bracket C.D. Lamb somehow. Right. But either way, man, you have Rodarius Williams. Like your best coverage guy out there is Darnay Holmes, which is saying something. man. Yeah, it's saying a lot because Darnay Holmes is not good in coverage and couldn't cover Lamb all day. And that's just the fact that he's good in the run support. I, I, I mean, he's a fine player to have. But if there's a bridge player as your nickel, you don't want him starting. That's why they drafted Cordell Flop to eventually replace him. That was their objective there. Um now, Flott has had to play outside because of the injuries, and now he got injured himself. It's an epic disaster right now at the cornerback position. But I don't know, man. It was close in the first half because they got three turnovers, it felt like, not because they outplayed the Cowboys by any means. And then the second half, the wheels completely fell off. Right now, this offense, to me, is in a, is in a pretty bad spot, and the defense is in even a worse spot. I hope it's a get-right game against Washington. They, the good news about it is they have a full mini-buy. They're going to have this whole week to help to rest up. They're going to have extra time to prepare. They came out of their bye against the Texans, and they had a pretty good game plan, I thought. And just I know it was a run-heavy game plan, but the defense I thought was good. And again, it's the Texans. But I felt like they with the extra time, they used it wisely and they used it correctly. So hopefully the coaches – because what did we say early in the year, Nick? We kept getting these wins with a coaching edge. Now it's so much harder for this – coaching edge to pop out and to appear for us because the talent gap is so much wider. That's the biggest issue right now with the Giants rest of season. You can still have a coaching edge week to week. And I'm not so sure they had that today, to be completely honest. But again, like you just mentioned, Wink was hamstrung completely. And on the other side of the ball, maybe Kafka at this point is hamstrung. Um, but if you just have a minimal coaching edge, 
with that kind of talent gap difference right now, it's you're never going to win. It's still the, the players still play the game. The coaches coach, the players play the game. And right now the Giants don't have many players making plays. And this is especially true in my mind if Saquon Barkley is the Saquon Barkley he's been the past month rather than that X factor he was earlier this season. And he just wasn't himself today. Even on that one hole where he kind of broke into it, um, you know, it looked like he didn't really – to me it just didn't look the same as the beginning of the season. And then Gary Brightwell gets two runs. The first one, wide open hole, good blocking by the offensive line. But the burst, man, he looked like he was sprung out of a cannon on that one. Fresh and that legs. was like fresh <laughs> legs, it really felt like. Man, but that's scary because this is why people don't pay running backs. This is why people don't want to pay running backs because how do you keep a running back fresh for a full season? You see San Francisco over there. They traded for McCaffrey, but what are they doing? They're playing a lot of Eli Mitchell because they're smart. They know this is what it is. But then if you're paying somebody, you know, 19 million against your cap, but you only play 60% of the snaps. Is that good value? Is that good? wise? like, there's a lot of red flags to this whole Barkley thing right now. If he's finishing the season out like this, to be honest with you, he finished what 11 carries for 39 yards, three and a half yards per carry. And it's not like Dallas, like that's the one vulnerability on that defense is you can run into the teeth of it and you can have success. And one of the Giants' strengths, I think they're top five in the league in rushing. Some of that is a product of Daniel Jones, who also didn't do anything on the ground. He had 14 yards. He had a nice scramble that wasn't designed. They didn't have any many designs for him. The zone reads, it seemed like Dallas's defense was disciplined. Right. And I feel like the and this isn't necessarily a slight on Mike Kafka, but I think it's a reality. The NFL has caught up to the offense and the NFL has caught up to the fact that Daniel Jones is a very good athlete. So let's not allow Daniel Jones to run. We haven't seen it all that much. And I think Seattle was the first team to really put the defensive game plan out there to shut the New York Giants down. And they haven't really found a way to consistently have success by deviating away from that since that Seattle game. I mean, you could talk about Houston out of the bye, but you and I can go out there and run the football yeah. against Houston. Like that's just not a good run defense. So that's one reason they won was because they just gave the football 35 times to a more fresh Barkley because he was coming off of a bye week. So right now, man, it's 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 a little scary, I think. But the Giants have a mini bye. Hopefully they can get back to the drawing board. And most importantly, I just hope they get healthy. Some of these guys get healthy. It seems like a lot of this, I don't want to say downfall, but a lot of the negative energy really started not even after that Seattle loss, but coming out of the bye week with a team captain breaking his hand in combo. I think that was a a moment where like since then it's just kind of been declining. It's a good take. There has been a decline, it feels like. And I mean, you know, a little bit a little bit of his luck, bad luck with Fabian Moreau. A little bit of it was bad planning with Adore Jackson. Completely unnecessary decision. Dable, you know, seems to in some ways have backed that one up. And ultimately, it was unnecessary and it cost them. And so now they're just faced with what they have. I mean, this will be, here's the thing. I didn't really expect them to beat Dallas, Nick, and I don't think you did either. And I guess it was like, okay, since they were in it for a half, but it just feels like a bat. I don't know. It didn't feel as good as like they're in it, like they're they're pushing, they're making stops. It was like. Three turnovers. That's why they're in it. Three turnovers in a half. You're you're probably not going to get blown out in a half if you get if you turn the ball over if you turn the ball over zero and you commit and you get the ball three times. And I'm counting the fourth down stop because it's 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 a turnover. But to me, it's like I didn't expect to beat Dallas. We'll see. This is the big telling game, right? After the mini buy here with Washington. If they come out against Washington and look like they did against Detroit, that's when I have to hit the panic button on the, what's left of this roster for this year because it wasn't deep to begin with, thanks to Gettleman. It wasn't that talented to begin with. 
They were winning with coaching. They were winning with spectacular play by Barkley in the first half of the season. They were winning with Jones running when people didn't think Jones was going to run. And a lot of smoke and mirrors offense, as you called it at one point earlier in the season, I never thought it would come back to haunt them. I thought maybe you could just run that style of offense all year. But we're learning now you can't really run that style of offense if there's no other threat to it. And I'm glad he's starting to take shots downfield finally, Jones. He took two, I think, today to Slayton, right? There was the the catch and the one that was just a little bit uh, past his reach. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Big Blue Banter listeners? I'm not 100% sure if you're tracking or if you're aware or have been informed about the strange new tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Guess what? It's not beer. It's a mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death, you asked? Thanks for asking. Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans can help bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. That is pretty nice of them. I've tried Liquid Death in my thirst. It was brutally murdered. So go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores, or find a Liquid Death realtor near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. That's liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
Be on the lookout for the Win Bet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During Win Bet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on Win Bet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I don't know what else to do right now on this. I don't know how to spark this offense right now with what's left there. And, you know, in some ways, like, everything the whole the whole entire offense because really the offense has some injuries on the o-line but i didn't think the o-line was that bad today personally and i don't know man it just this is if this is your offense next year right you're you're committing all that to jones and barkley well i hope we see some more down the stretch from those two that's that's all i would say i think you have to see more down the stretch i think joe shane has made that very clear right yeah. i mean he said like hey we're evaluating all nine games and these are coming into the evaluations he's talked a lot about gotta have it moments right that fourth and one was a gotta have it moment and you can sure. kind of point blame at both of them does that mean he's not going to sign him because of it absolutely not but it definitely isn't a a check in the in the right box for either of those players that's a big moment in the game man in the divisional matchup on the road when your defense who is vastly injured at this point who have suffered right. so many injuries have come up big in so many different situations. And then we saw in the second half, they absolutely imploded on themselves. Like what are they going to do at that point? No one can guard CD lamb. Like I'm wondering if Adoree Jackson was never put out on the punt return. Does Wink Martindale just say, Hey, Adoree follow CD right. lamb wherever he goes and we'll worry about everything else. And that probably takes so much, so much of a burden off of the rest of the defenders there. But obviously the giants don't have that luxury. And it was interesting because the Giants blitzed heavy against the Cowboys in the first matchup in week three with Cooper Rush. And then they did the same thing against Dak Prescott. I actually didn't expect that to happen. Now. So I am curious if Wink just did it because of the injuries in the secondary. Well, I don't know if we'll get that answer this week, but there's definitely something I'm wondering. But even in that game, CeeDee Lamb got wide open on like a what would have been like a 55-yard touchdown. And he just dropped the wide open play. So it's not like they were doing a great job covering in that game either. No, no, not necessarily. But uh, I remember that was like a deep, a deep little like corner post. It was just like yeah. he kind of stemmed and Adore did like a speed turn to cover an outside route. And then he was like, oh, crap. And then Dane Belton was just like, oh, man, I am not in a good position. Luckily, CD Lamb dropped that. But in the end, it doesn't really matter anyways. Just hope this team can get healthy coming out of this little mini bye week and just get maybe not even healthy, but not as tired. They just seem slower. Like yeah, Saquon Barkley does not look nearly as explosive as he did earlier in the season and does that make sense maybe it does because of all the attrition but at the same time i think this in order for this team to make the playoffs you need saquon barkley he was everything yep. to this offense when they were winning football games and right now he's not the saquon barkley that we've come to love from the beginning of the season yeah i, I gotta be honest the only first player who had any explosion on offense today felt like darius slate the rest of this offense i didn't see much explosion from Overall, if you're using that term, explosive, right? What leads to explosive plays, explosive traits, acceleration, burst, uh, and, 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 and Brightwell. <laughs> and Brightwell, to be completely honest. He didn't touch it much, but Brightwell looked pretty damn good. The first one was a great hole, but he, like I said, sprung out of a cannon, was decisive. And that second run he had, dude, that was a sick cutback. That was a Cager nice too. freaking cutback. And Cager on the one first pass. Yeah, Cager <laughs> first was an explosion on that, too, <laughs> on the first play of the game. Um, yeah, and that, but they're just that they're lacking explosion right now. They're lacking the ability to run any kind of traditional pass offense. Like we are deep into a season to have no pass offense and have no like 
faith at all in a traditional pass game. And like you could say all you want about the offensive line and the wide receivers, but part of that is obviously on the quarterback. No matter what you want to say, no matter what everyone will say, and I'm sure I'll get some hate for that comment because people are weird. But like, like, (laughs) it's the only way to describe it. It's just like, is there no, like, I'm not saying he deserves the most blame or more blame, but like, it's part of a pass game, right? You have the quarterback, you have the offensive line, you have the receivers and you have the coach. They're all part of a pass game. Like when a pass game is this dead in the water, you can't just say the quarterback deserves none of the blame, right? Is that crazy to say? Like, am I crazy, Nick? No, you're not. Daniel Jones would be the first person to say as much. He's not Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's not. Thank God he's not Zach Wilson. But like, yeah, exactly. Zach Wilson doesn't take the blame. And at least, you know, they're still above those standards. Like they're not at Zach Wilson level bad pass offense. But um, I don't know, man. It's just it's a tough spot to be in right now. The Washington game will be very telling for this team. That's going to we'll, we'll find out where this team is headed, in my opinion, with this Washington game. It's a home game. It's after the mini buy. If they cannot win that football game, and if it's like a blowout loss like Detroit, we could be headed for a really bad stretch. And that's going to really make people question the coaches, which I hate to hear because I don't blame this on the coaches. This is still mostly, you know, roster. It's important to remember all of the factors as to how the Giants were 7-3 heading into this game. Okay. Like we have to remember that that was a big, a big reason why was because of the coaches. Okay. Like maybe they're not making the best decisions in certain situations, but every coach has that happen. They're dealt such a crappy hand with the injuries that they're dealing with and the roster that they have. The fact that they're even seven and four right now at this point of the season is nothing short of a miracle. It kind of seems like, so we should not jump on the bandwagon of let's fire coaches because I saw that in the live chat that I did on big blue view, someone suggesting like changing coordinators. And I think that is just an asinine idea right now. Let's not forget why this team does have seven wins. And let's not forget, like for those of you who watched along with us on film last week, he was putting Mike Kafka was putting together some really, really good route combinations against specific Mm -hmm. coverages that he was facing uh, versus Detroit Lions. Like he beat a lot of what they were trying to do from a coverage standpoint. And that's why they threw for almost 350 yards. I know some of it was garbage time, but not all of it was garbage time. They had like 150 in the first half. So that's not even something we used to get with Garrett or Shermer for the most part. Like Shermer had some like high, low half field reads that we hit. Like it wasn't anything too interesting to me. It was like smash con. Like Kafka does some things that are really interesting from a game to game basis. That fourth and one call was an amazing call. It was the perfect call. Saquon Barkley is wide open one-on-one against the linebacker. The safety is already committed to an, to an inside route. If he catches that in stride and is led in front of him, it's a freaking touchdown. That's a great call. And so it's just like, yeah, I don't like the second and 10 runs. I don't like some of the third run, third and down runs. I didn't love like sticking with so much read. Uh, I mean, zone runs last game, but. Overall, he's hamstrung too from a talent standpoint. So I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm hoping all this, this has been a very emotional, cathartic podcast. This is the first one that I feel like I, we've had to like go this route because this was a, this was, I mean, it was bad against Detroit, but that was like the wake up. I was like the, you splash water on your face. You're like, Whoa, what just <laughs> happened there? Like what? I, I've never had a game like that this season. We never had garbage time. And it's like, all right, whatever, let's get back on track. And I didn't expect to win this game, but I just, I know the score was okay in the first half, but I felt helpless. I felt like we were only in the game because of turnovers. And that just proved true in the second half when they got completely annihilated in the second half. So again, hopefully it gets better with Washington, but we're in a tough spot right now. We need, we need Aziz back. We need the Adoree Jackson injury to be uh, not as bad as it 
expected originally, which is possible. I don't know if it's likely, if it's possible. We could we Xavier. could use some stuff. Zudu, I'd rather have him back in there. At this point, I just stick with Nick Gates to be honest at center. We'll see how the film looks, but I just yeah, he looked, he looked pretty solid to me. And yeah. honestly, just to touch on the Mike Kafka before we get out of here, that play yeah. that was a fourth yeah. and one play with the Giants confirmed man coverage. They had Saquon Barkley aligned to the to the boundary side, so it's going to be. Leighton Vander Esch, who has to work through two in-breaking routes to the field size. They have two in-breaking routes coming over the middle of the field, basically creating a legal wall for Leighton Vander Esch to get over with Saquon Barkley leaking out in front of Daniel Jones. Like That's just an excellent call against man coverage. It's just the execution wasn't there, and Dallas seemed to have somebody with their hand right in the face of Daniel Jones. Like Not right, right in the face, but a couple arms, but Jones just... I don't know why, man. He just puts it at that back hip. If he hits Saquon Barkley, I'm watching it right now. If he hits Saquon Barkley in stride, dude, that is a – I don't know if he's going to house it. That's a long distance. Maybe if it was a perfect throw and the safety took a bad angle, but it would have been a huge play that could have changed the tide of the game. Yeah, and it just and then they didn't make it, and those are the guys you need to make those plays, Saquon Barkley and Jones. Those are, I mean, according to some people, those are about to be – that's your future, right? You you sign those two, that's your future. We're, that's it. I mean, even if it's short term with Jones, it's for at least the next few years that, that there's no more cap space that that that's your guys. They have to be the reason you win football games. and They have to make big plays like that on fourth and one. So hopefully they can do it down the stretch. They still have an opportunity. We're still seven and four. Take a deep breath. I need to take a deep breath myself. I'm so frustrated, but <laughs> they're seven and four. They can win this Washington game. And then everything to me is all right. I think you're right, Dan. If the Giants can win against the commanders, which is a home game next week, it's not panic, but. And I don't think it's panic button just yet, but if they lose and it's also like this similar type of the offense doesn't really do anything. Maybe they have one explosive play. Saquon Barkley looks like the explosiveness is zapped. I think we should have hit the panic button. If you lose at home to a team that you're probably better than in Washington, maybe not on paper in certain areas, but I would still think what well, the injuries probably actually not with the New York Giants, but still, I think the coaching edge that the Giants have shown earlier in the season, hopefully can come back up against Washington. So I think there's a lot riding on this Washington game. And if the Giants end up losing that, I'm, uh, I think we could start hitting that panic button. Yeah, we're going to have to, unfortunately. So let's tackle that when it happens. Stay tuned this week with Big Blue Banter. We're going to be breaking down the film. I know it's not going to be another. It's going to be another un unfortunate week to watch film. Because the th thing is, at least last week's film, Nick, had like fun pass concepts and fun route combinations and like 300 plus yards of passing. That's fun to break down on tape this week. Like, I don't know, man, this offense is going to be frustrating to break down on film. The defense, it feels like it's going to be even worse, but we're going to do it. So you want to you want to learn from us, like what we're seeing, where the struggles are coming from. And, and we'll try to figure out where the, if they can improve, where they can improve and how they can do it. So that'll be on the film reviews this week. Uh, I think Nick and I are actually planning to get them done a little early. So we might have them for you this weekend. That's the plan as of now before Sunday, um, if we both can make that happen but we'll do a preview for next week with washington and we're going to try to find someone for that and then a mailbag long overdue mailbag next week as well so keep it locked and loaded i know now is not the best time right now i'm i'm sorry if i came off uh, emotional hopefully people didn't feel like i came off whiny it just felt to me like this was not not my favorite game to watch this year <laughs> simple as that i didn't i didn't love the second half of this game i felt helpless watching this game i think a lot of giant fans did dan i mean we did not expect to win this football game. And then at halftime, we're like, we're in the lead. What's going on here? Right. Hopefully this defense can come up with a big stop. And then they kind of do come up with a big stop, but it's flagged. And we're like, ah, and then Dallas just keeps make, making the Giants defense pay. And then it just gets ugly in the second half. So I think a lot of Giant fans are in the same boat as us. 
and again, we'll see what happens. Washington still in play. Let's let's just get that win and move on from there. But anyway, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.